fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of Fireside and Some Flights. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. I, I was so like, I'm still thrown off when you say Fireside and Some Flights. Like, I love it. I love the name, you know, but like, I'm still like, he didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I like, I was saying it. I was like, this, this doesn't feel right. I, I think right. I need to change this. Yeah. You have to like mentally. And then, like, I hesitated sure. and then I like looked at you and I was like, wait, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I, I think we're, I think we're good. Yeah. This we're, is a Fireside now, episode. This is a fireside episode, which if you didn't listen to the first one, shame. But and why are you uh, listening out of order? <laughs> yeah, like there's on. nothing wrong with it inherently, uh, but it is confusing. <laughs> like the other episodes, like mainly the book episodes, it could make a difference if you listen out of that's order. True. That's true. But like fireside, we're just talking about random stuff, so it really doesn't. That's but true. <laughs> still, what kind of monster are you? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. You're not a monster. Um, but yeah, so fireside episodes where. Uh, kind of what we're doing is we're just kind of talking about things that we love so we don't really have a set topic we'll mm-hmm. just kind of talk through what we've been doing maybe what we've been playing what we've been reading mm-hmm. and then uh answer some icebreakers yeah so but as always we are drinking yes. because we did not take and some flights out of the title of the episode that's right that <laughs> very intentional very intentional <laughs> that's, that's a really good point that's the only part of the title that didn't change <laughs> but yeah, so Dalton, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I'm drinking uh, Taxman Brewing Company's Bourbon Barrel Qualified, and so this was one that you had picked up Ooh. in a in a, uh, in a pick six for me, and probably yeah, the one okay. I was like most excited to try. You know? Yeah, I mean anything with bourbon and beer in the title is probably up your alley, right? Exactly. So drinking some beer, yeah. Exactly. So this is a Belgian style uh, quad. And it's aged in the in bourbon barrels, and so quads are always like super malty. You know, they're like <laughs> they're like thick and warm. Um, this one's like ten percent alcoholic. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> spot on. Um, and it has that little bit of bourbon flavor coming in at the end. So it is a really tasty oh awesome. Beer. I'm really enjoying this one. Oh good, I'm glad. I'll see next time I go to the store. I'll see if they have any more. Maybe I'll pick up another one so I can try one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but you are awesome. right that it's right up my alley. So. What about oh, you? Oh, good, good. So I'm drinking the classic, the fantastic Elijah Craig. Yeah. <laughs> so Elijah Craig, small batch, is I think probably one of the first bourbons I ever had, like outside of just like shit bourbon that right. someone poured in a drink or something. But Elijah Craig is, it's a straight bourbon, which means that it's been aged in the charred oak barrel for at least two years. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. See, That's I was right. paying attention. You were. The, uh, and it doesn't actually say how long it's been aged on this bottle, so probably just two years. So, <laughs> so but, if it doesn't, yeah, so, if it doesn't say it on there, it has to be at least four. If it's between two oh. and four, it has to. So I think Elijah Craig is like right at four or something. I think they like hit the four. Oh, so, so I was not to. paying attention apparently. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. Because you're right. I but think yeah. we actually had Elijah Craig on the whiskey episode, if I remember right. I think we had Elijah Craig and Booker's I think so. as like the two bourbons. Yeah, I love Elijah Craig. I I didn't realize that this is forty seven percent, like it's a ninety four proof. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize it was that high yeah. in alcohol content, but I really can't taste it. It's just so smooth. I, so I don't know what that is, uh, because a lot of the other ones that are like kind of up this high in the proof, I need to like water down or something. Right. Yeah. I think we had but the rabbit one, hole really rye 
the other like on one of the on a, on a recent episode and it's in that proof range and you can kind of taste it yeah um, and that's like a 45 dollar bottle and elijah craig's like 30 so some sort of witchcraft 30. and wizardry is going on <laughs> and i don't i think i said before that i don't think i have a four cheers i lied that elijah craig is a four cheers this is one of these that i will have in my house at all times yeah just because it's at any point during the night when i'm not you know maybe not my first drink but it'll mm-hmm. probably hit the glass at some point in the night so for sure i do love me some elijah craig you're right it's basically like our like official beer or official 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 whiskey of the <laughs> podcast <laughs> pretty much yeah so dalton what have you been playing recently so good question, Nelson. <laughs> um, so if you listen to the most recent episode, the trivia episode with Mike, um, that first of all was a ton of fun to record. Like probably my first. Yeah, I think it was probably about to say exactly what you, probably my favorite to record so far. Probably. But as a part of that, we all like kind of took some PTO. And we like made a weekend out of it. And so right at the top of my like things I, I wanted to discuss tonight, Mike, bless his heart, is a very cutthroat <laughs> like board game player like compared to us anyway yeah like yeah and we actually play a lot of cutthroat board games right like we play a lot of maybe not as much as we would want to but we do play like through the ages which is very cutthroat we play food chain magnate um we also tried 18 which we learned is horribly cutthroat right like we always talk about how cutthroat (laughs) it is but we're all actually like kind of like big softies when it comes to like oh my sweet summer child exactly no idea (laughs) right um and so just having a player who like came into the game like I'm just going to mess these dudes game like day up. Like that's my, <laughs> that's my goal today. It's just to like mess with people. And I found it like so enjoyable and like so refreshing to just be like, okay, like someone is actively attacking my engine, you know, and like in these like cutthroat <laughs> it's games, different. it's very yeah. different. I think especially again in like a game that is like built to kind of reward that like 18 Chesapeake, um, which we tried for the first time or, uh, or food chain magnate. And I think we talk a lot about food chain magnate, but if you, if you haven't listened to one recently where we described actually like what it is, um, you're basically running a fast food chain restaurant in the fifties or sixties kind of era. Um, that kind of aesthetic, um, you have to pay like for marketing. Um, and so you'll market like burgers or pizza or lemonade or whatever to different areas of the board where there are these little houses, these little neighborhoods, and they get kind of a supply built up on top of them from your marketing. Um, but then you have to come in and actually sell to them with your own um, produced demand. And so the thing that uh, Mike did that none of us had ever done before is he went in and bought employees that allowed him to like slash his prices um, because the significantly, significantly because the <laughs> buyers will always buy from whoever is selling the cheapest because they're like reasonable. I don't know. Yeah, they're normal. Yeah, they're normal. They're normal consumers. And so all of a sudden, like we are all kind of used to like, okay, I'm going to be the burger guy and he's going to be the pizza guy. And we're all just going to make these massive engines and try and see how much money we get. Um, All of a sudden there was somebody coming in selling everything at like very, very low prices. And all of us started just (laughs) bottoming out on income. It's like, I can't pay my people. Like, I don't like, what am I going to do to get out from under this? Um, So it just kind of forced us to like, I don't know. My experience was, I'm interested to hear yours. Like it just forced me to think of the game in like a totally new way where I always thought that that was a possibility, but I'd never thought through like, but if it happened, what would I do? Yeah. And like we have lowered our prices before, but not to the level that Mike did. I think by like four or five rounds in, we were, he was down to six or seven dollars, mm-hmm. which like probably is normal. But so you start at 10 and then you can discount from there. But the problem is, is that the game is completely based on the game length is completely based on how much money is in the bank. Mm hmm. And so when you're selling for 
half the price of normal. You're just not pulling money out of the bank as much, so it extends the game. And so that that was kind of interesting. But like we got in this price war and like there was a there was a round where I was selling I think for four dollars. I think that was my lowest. Yeah. And I I was lucky enough to have kind of the milestones, which are things that you can pick up where every like hamburger and every pizza I sold was five extra dollars. And so that it was nice to have that because that was supplementing my income. But there were a couple of rounds where I like counted it out. I was like, I lost money this round. Like I sold more than anybody, mm-hmm. but I sold at such a small price and I have so many salaried <laughs> employees yeah, right. that like I think I like I think I added money into the bank this game. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I made the game longer this turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was it was just really interesting to see. Um, yeah, it's also like really cool. Like I feel like that that is probably a strategy, but it's not something that. I would I had ever really kind of thought of mm-hmm. which like I had thought of like lowering prices but going like complete rock bottom. Mm-hmm. It's just something it was just fun to f- be able to react to that. Yeah. Um, it sort of created like a war of attrition, you know, where yeah. like cuz there was there was a time where you were selling everything and like I remember that turn where you you at the end of the turn you're like I lost money this turn. And I was like <laughs> looking at me and Mike and it was like not compared to what we lost this turn. <laughs> you know, and we yeah. had significantly less money in our banks. And so it was creating a situation where it was like, we're going to have to start firing people, right? Like you, yeah. you are, yes, you're losing money, but you're also running your competition out of business, you know? And so it was like a very actually like accurate representation of what can happen to businesses where, and even though you were running out of money, you were still able to like take a turn to like make hires to like continue to build your engine where we were having to divert our resources to just survive, you know? Um, so that war of attrition kind of like adds up where all of a sudden, like two turns after that, you have like these really massive turns and now you're kind of ahead of the curve and you are making money where we're still kind of like trying to claw back and just make, just make a slight profit, just make some shareholder happy somewhere. <laughs> just, just something somewhere. Right. And I, I thought that was interesting because the three of us were kind of playing that game. And then my wife, she was able to grab guru, which allows you to train workers really quickly. Mm-hmm. And she bought just a bunch of waitresses, which just give you a subtle income each round. Mm-hmm. And so she was yeah. able to run that. And then she picked up the CFO, which adds 50% of your money that you collect that round to mm-hmm. your like to your bank. So you get 50% increase. And so like she wasn't selling a lot, but she was like making more money than us because of all of her waitresses. Yeah. She was just like she just like <laughs> had a stack of waitresses and she's like, My waitresses are making me, I think it was like thirty or thirty five dollars each round. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. And then like she was able to start selling because she she was marketing just a bunch and she was just picking up anything that was left over. Yeah. And so it was just And that was I feel the interesting like, we had like a like because at that point everybody had sold out already. So it was no longer a bit of who has the lowest price right because there was demand and she was the only one that could supply so the rest of us were selling yep. at like four or five dollars and she sold at full price so even though she sold yep. less she did sell at full price yeah it it was just a super fascinating game mm-hmm. all all around i did really enjoy it at four players for sure um it was I, long i think that it was long and i think that had a couple of things like we were still fairly new to the game Mike, it was his first time playing. Mm-hmm. And also, we weren't really taking money out of the bank yeah. because our prices were so low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you said, there were turns that elongated the game by adding yeah. money to the so, bank. <laughs> I think that I would like to try it at four. I think three is also a good player count, but it really added to just like a bunch of different strategies and just kind of how they work together. I just thought I, I really enjoyed that play of Food Chain Magnet. For sure, so. for sure. Were you happy with your first play of 18 Chesapeake? Oh, yeah. I, I was... 
floored by how much I like that game. Yeah. So it's been on your list Chesapeake. for over a year. I think like since we started the podcast, you've been talking about playing 18 Chesapeake. Yeah, absolutely. You've probably heard about me or you've probably heard me talk about it before, but so 18 Chesapeake is a game and a series of game or like a theme of game called 18XX games. And these games are literally kind of about owning and manipulating companies that are building uh, rail tracks across a certain area of the map. And so 18 Chesapeake kind of looks at, uh, I think it's like the Midwest slash Northeast area of the United States. And there are six, no, there are eight companies that all kind of operate on this map. And like, you don't necessarily sit down and say, I'm going to play, I'm just going to say Reading Rainbow just because I know it's going to make Mike mad. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but you don't sit down and you don't say that I'm playing this railroad company. What you do is you buy into the company, you invest into the company. And if you are the one that has invested the most, then you get to operate that company. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, there's, there was a lot of times during that game where companies would change hands because you can sell your investments in the company. Mm-hmm. And if you're no longer the majority holder, then the, that company literally gets transferred. You pick up their player card and move it to another player. Mm-hmm. Uh, who now has the majority. And so there there were a lot of really intricate plays there Yeah, where I, I know you tossed me a company at one point. I know Mike yeah. tried to change some companies. And so just kind of seeing how that affect future plays, mm-hmm. I, I just... Oh, and you get to manipulate the stock market. It's, <laughs> oh, man, it's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we, we had more like dumping a company on someone like i don't think we had any company intentional company takeovers right i don't think anybody and maybe that was part of that was probably like play style like i think a couple of us like bought into a company and bought like five or six shares of it which six is the most that you can buy there are 10 in the game and if you have a majority you operate the company Um, and then like the first time you buy in you get the card where you get like a president card or something and you're basically the tiebreaker so if like i have four but i was the first one to buy in and then nelson buys four i maintain uh, operation of the company and so we never had like a surprise takeover where somebody like was able but mostly that was because people were like either so far ahead in stocks because they like wanted to get the company ro- like floated in order to, basically in order for the company to operate at all like play on the board it has to get a 60 percent buy-in um, so most of the time players were making that happen they were just like buying like four stocks into a company and then looking at the other players on the board and hoping that they contributed to to like float the company um but you're totally (laughs) right like the operator of the company inherits sort of responsibilities for the debt if there is any or if there's any coming up and so (laughs) that became a major mechanic for for us in our playthrough of kind of dumping a company when it looked like a big debt was going to come up and the company wasn't going to be able to pay for it and so i would be interested to see if in other plays if that's kind of the majority of where we stay is like in that strategy or if there becomes a strategy of like kind of having the bare minimum to have operation or control like maybe just only three stocks you know or three shares and does somebody kind of initiate like a takeover to actually like take it from you i've been thinking about it where maybe you buy in at three or four and you don't secure the lead at because if you have 50 percent of the company or five shares then you have secured the lead no one can actually take it from you right uh, assuming you bought into it at first so I, i think that it would be kind of interesting to go like three or four and like have the company float because someone else has invested into it. Mm-hmm. And then if someone takes it over at that point, they bought they bought more shares than you did, then that's okay for you because when money is paid out each round, it gets paid out proportional to how much you've invested into the company. 
Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're sitting there at three or four shares to so 30 or 40% of the company and someone buys you out, you know that they invested a lot to take over that company. So it's probably going to be in good hands. And then you're getting paid out 30 to 40% of their profits each turn. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of the plays that we did is people would float companies. They would buy 50 or 60% of the company. And then we would take a look and see, oh, they are operating this company efficiently. I'm going to buy into it at that point. Mm-hmm. Later in the game, then those stocks would be very well contested amongst all the players. And so I thought it would I thought it'd be kind of interesting to kind of reverse that mm-hmm. and say like, hey, this is very vulnerable. I'm starting to build up this company. Looks pretty good. It's a really good investment opportunity for you. And if you buy me out, I'm actually not that upset because I'm still heavily invested in it. And since you bought it out from under me, I know that you're not going to like run it into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. And there also like there aren't that many <laughs> mechanics to like actually run a company into the ground. Like there aren't that many mechanics to like set up a company to do something that's bad for it, I guess, if that makes sense. And it, it, the game kind of self-balances because you have the option to sell shares. So if you don't like how, like if I didn't like how you were running a company, which would never happen, of course, but like if right. I didn't I'm like a genius how you were CEO, a company, that would never happen. You're, you're, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for that one time you dumped the green trains on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which worked out, which worked out. Right, we decided but, that me dumping a company on you won me the game, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which was kind of cool. It, like it, it felt kind of interesting because it was so it felt so tight that we could point to one move that yeah. decidedly won you the game. Yeah, which I thought was just kind of cool. Yeah, but that that is a game that it took about six hours, mm-hmm. which eighteen XX games do have kind of the reputation of taking six to ten to twelve hours depending on the game. Chesapeake is supposed to be a shorter one, so people mm-hmm. say that you can complete it in probably about three to four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of that was just not knowing the rules, needing yep. to figure all of that out. And then also afterwards, we found a companion app that would help you count up all your 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 links or mm-hmm. like how much money you can get from running trains, which that probably right there, that companion app would probably cut off an hour or two of the game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, I, there was a big... so much time counting. Yeah, a, a criticism of the game, there's a big time sink in... Um, okay, there's all these routes available. If I visit all these different cities, I get so much money from like these different cities. Um, so what's the most profitable route for me to run based on the distance that my train can go and like the areas that I have access to? And because there's so many options there, that took a long time to figure out on everybody's turn. And so there would be like, every, all of us were crowded around the table like, I don't know. It's either like 350 or $360. <laughs> Just like take the 360. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, Even if I didn't find that app, or Mike found the app. Even if Mike didn't find the app, so next time we play, we have it. I would definitely just write it down, because like there were multiple times where we just count the same thing round after round. Yeah, where it's like, oh, okay, like we ran three fifty, and the next round, nothing on the board really changed with that rail, or that that company's rail lines. So it's like, what are we looking at now? And yeah. we just count it again. Where it's like, okay, nothing changed. It's still three fifty. Like let's just go. So. Yeah. But definitely, like, from the weekend, top game I want to, like, play again. Oh, yeah. And we we did find the online implementation. So we're going to have to do that because Mike yep. uh, went back to Iowa. So it's going to be hard to get an in-person game here yeah. soon <laughs> yeah. with him again. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll definitely do that. Speaking of online games, we I guess by the time you hear this, we will have already had our monthly game night. Yeah. We have not yet had that, mm-hmm. but I'm excited for that. What Do you know kind of what's going on with that? Yeah, what, so, what do we get to play? 
Yeah, so it's the it's the second Saturday of every month, and so month of February. It's coming up this uh, this coming weekend, which will be last weekend if you're listening to the episode uh, the day it comes out. Um, it, it's looking good. We're depending on how you know if we get a couple more responses, we will end up with either two or three tables. It looks like um, Spirit Island will definitely be played. Spirit Island is like very much wanting <laughs> as it to should be. be. Yeah, right. It is very much wanting to be played. Um, a couple more that are like on the on the docket or at least like kind of in second place we're looking at brass birmingham which would be really fun another economy game I, can I, be I kind of cutthroat brass yeah <laughs> yes yeah yeah brass is one that i think i would like to play now that i've like played games with a really cutthroat person and enjoyed it i would like to try brass with someone who's like kind of mean at the table i think that could be really <laughs> that, that would be, be really interesting fun. through the ages is like making a making a run at it that could definitely hit the hit the table and that's then, another uh, thing that we finished up this weekend we played through the ages yeah. on, on the app. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you have to play it on the uh, app. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. No, it's not worth not playing on the app. Right. Yeah, the app makes it a lot faster. Um, and then Wingspan. Wingspan's making a run at it, which we haven't like talked about Wingspan in, I don't even know, like six months maybe. <laughs> you know, there were, it was this huge fad. We were playing it all the time and then we like kind of yeah. got out of it. But it would be fun to go back to Wingspan. It would be. I And I don't even think I ever talked about it on the podcast, but the new Oceania expansion for Wingspan is out which is kind of like mm. uh the australian area of the world birds and that that expansion i think um is even better than the european expansion so if you had to pick mm. one i would definitely go with oceania it kind of mm. balances out the egg strategy so there's there's a certain strategy where if you just lay a ton of eggs it seems really powerful so it balances that out a little bit and then it also adds a lot of player interaction not necessarily like a take that mechanism but it was it adds kind of like if your opponent has this resource then you get this resource from the supply or other mechanisms similar to that where because yeah. that that is one of the complaints of wingspan is that it's a very solitaire game and the oceanic expansion kind of uh shifts that a little bit and it's no longer that solitaire play which is nice yeah i could see i think the game definitely needed some of that so i could see that being a really valuable expansion what about uh what have you been reading? Have you been? Oh yeah. No Attack on Titan. No right. Attack on Titan. You guys were concerned, or you guys were sad that it's taken a little hiatus. I still haven't watched any of the fourth season, but yeah. Oh, it, it did amazing. come back. We were just wrong about. Um, <laughs> oh, it was okay. like either a day late or we were just maybe we we're just wrong about the day because I always watch it on Monday, right? So I don't know if it comes out on Saturday <laughs> oh, gotcha. or Sunday. Um, so they Got did. It. They did continue releasing, which is which is good. We thought that they were going to take a break between like the two kind of like story arcs but they they did not so they're still releasing um and then my girlfriend and i also like started it from the beginning which has been really enjoyable just to watch how thoroughly like consistent that series is because there are so many like reveals in the second third fourth seasons that you can go back and watch the first season and it's entirely consistent where characters act exactly how you would expect them to act knowing now what you know that's so cool yeah that's I don't so know how cool. they did that, like because it was just a it was it was a manga that they made into a TV show, right? So I don't know. They must have just copied it exactly, or maybe they had a conversation with the, <laughs> the author. I don't know how they did it, but they did a really great job of that. I, I'm really excited to watch season four because season three was fantastic. Like mm-hmm. every so, I think season four will be the last season of Attack yeah. on Titan. Yeah, which is also like it's sad, but it's also kind of nice. Like I mm-hmm. like. 
there to be an end in sight for a lot of these shows. Mm -hmm. Like you have watched a lot of the One Piece or the Naruto, which have 700 plus episodes. Yeah. And that's just a huge commitment. Right. Whereas like Full Metal Alchemist, Death Note, Mm -hmm. and now like Attack on Titan, they have like shortened, shortened as in like 70 to 80 episodes, but like shortened release arcs. Mm -hmm. And so... I'm excited to see how this ends up because they got a lot of explaining to do. Right. I have heard that they have, or I have read rather, that they have started releasing the dubbed episodes, but they're not on Hulu. So I'm not entirely sure where to find them. I think you can find them on like Funimation's website who are like, they're one of the big like producing studios. Um, Yeah. So it'll have ads and everything. But if you had like access to just like Funimation.com, I'm I'm pretty sure you could find it there. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Right. I I think it's just like me. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's just a couple that they've released so far. But but you can you can start finding it. So it's very cool. I've also started Mistborn A Secret History. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. We were talking about this that this weekend. Yeah. Um, So this is this is a book I have to be very careful talking about. It, you can you can read it's basically actually like a novella or something like the audiobook is on the scale of like five and a half hours it's like very short oh perfect yeah that's easy to digest yeah it's it's very worth like jumping into it is a story that you can only read if you have read the original trilogy so if you're into like the, yeah the three of them so if you're into the wax okay, and wayne perfect. series you can read it at any time it doesn't matter um, as far as i can tell and from what i've read but I, i'm only like halfway through it but you, it is a story that centers around Kelsier. So if you like Kelsier as a character, you can you can read it uh, because it is really enjoyable. But just know that it only functions given information that is revealed in the second and third book of the original tr- trilogy, the Well of Ascension and the Hero of Ages. That's good to know. Yeah. So you can read it, Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. No, I I need to do that. I didn't realize that we had it. I never know what we have anymore. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but. But I, I am excited to try that out because so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition to I'm still rereading through or not rereading, I'm still reading through Rhythm of War for the first time, which is another Brandon Sanderson book in the mm-hmm. same Cosmere universe. Mm-hmm. We need to like get like fantasy and some flights or Cosmere fanboy shirts or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I would be all about that. But so I and this this is not gonna spoil anything for either Mistborn or Stormlight, so don't don't stress out about that. But Brandon Sanderson at the beginning of each chapter does a little excerpts from different characters, different books, something from the series that kind of tells like a separate story. Yeah. Sort of like what he does and in Mistborn so, with like the Lord Ruler's yeah. diaries. Yeah. Yep. So the beginning of Rhythm of War, the uh, there's a character that is like the, the excerpts are from a lecture that she gives all about on how to create fabrials, which fabrials in this universe are, there's a heat fabrial. And it's like you capture a heat spring and then the fabrial is like a device that makes heat. Mm. Or there's like, there are different fabrials that help you communicate basically the spring and body emotions or physical attributes and you can capture them and then like use them as a perpetual source of that energy. They're just all over the place. They're very common to the world. But the beginning of Rhythm of War, the excerpts are all about how to create fabrials, which I thought was super interesting. And I need to read you some of these because it, it has heavy ties into Mistborn as well. Mm. And so the so it kind of starts out, and all of this is going to be a little paraphrased. It's going to be a little paraphrased because I, I removed all the spoilers and everything. Yeah. But so it says, with a captured sprint, you may begin designing a proper fabrial. 
It is closely guarded secret of Artifabrians that the Spren, when trapped, responds to different types of metals in different ways. So, a bronze cage can create a warning fabrial, alerting one to objects or entities nearby. A pewter cage will cause the sprint of your fabrial to express its attribute in force. A tent cage will cause a fabrial to diminish nearby attributes. An iron cage will create an attractor. Zinc wires touching the gemstone will cause the sprint inside to move more strongly. And brass will cause the sprint to withdraw and its powers to dim. Which are what? exact like <laughs> correlations to the Mistborn metals. And so... I, oh man! Like, if I if I wasn't driving, I would have stood up at this point. Like when I started like realizing what was happening, I'm just like, holy shit! Holy You're gonna be hell. like, there's gonna be a crossover here at some point. And I'm so excited. My so. crossover sense- senses are tingling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, oh man, I was reading through that, and then Rhythm of War is full of Cosmere tie-ins. Yeah. And so it, it's it's happening. It's happening. That is exciting. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Now Our this is pod are- racing. <laughs> pod racing but is not I, a rhythm of war. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Unfortunately, I, yeah, I, I was just like reading through those. I thought that that would be really interesting to talk about, especially since we just finished up like our Mistborn episode. Yeah, and to kind of go into to our fireside and continue to have you or continue to try and pitch you to read Stormlight Archives. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty strong uh, pitch at this point. Oh, I, I did want to mention about um, Mistborn Secret History. So it does it does this very, I don't know who produced this audiobook, but it's a little, it's a little different. And so I, I want to, okay. like, we usually recommend reading, reading audiobooks or listening, rather, listening to audiobooks because we enjoy that, like, it paints a really good picture in your mind and you can do other things and it makes reading really accessible, like driving or doing chores or what have you. Yeah. Um, this audiobook specifically is framed as they call themselves like a movie in your mind. So they, I forget, I forget the name of the like company. I should have written it down, but it says, you know, it's like blah, 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 a movie in your mind or whatever. And it's like, okay, let's see how this goes. (laughs) And it's like actually really disorienting because so first of all, they listed, they list, they're like narrated by so-and-so voice performances by, and they listed like 20 people. And it's like, holy cow. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, that part I thought I was like, wow, this is like really cool. But then what they do is like the dude will be like narrating it. And then there's like a different dude who voices, like I said, the book kind of centers around Kelsier. There's a dude who voices Kelsier. And so like in the scene, if Kelsier like falls down, then the narrator will like keep talking and say like, Kelsier fell down. And Kelsier's voice will go like, (laughs) 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 and it'll be like, (laughs) like just random noise in the background. And there's like, there's like swelling music in like every scene, like going up and down. Like there's always music playing in the background. And then, like Kelsier, it'll be like Kelsier here heard like like this person speak, but he couldn't understand what they said. And then it'll be like some other voice actor, and like they'll be like, like just like in the background of the track. Um, and That's then there's awesome. like explosions, and like someone gets stabbed, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and like because there's so many voice actors, like they're not the best, you know? <laughs> yeah, because they had to get like 20 people, so they're like kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, I think. Um, I hope none of them ever listen to this episode. I'm excited for this. I know. Right? Yeah. So it gets like a I'm little. Not, I'm campy. so excited. It gets like a little campy where somebody is just like, like making this ridiculous like I'm dying sound or something, and it's like, <laughs> okay, this is kind of actually like breaking my immersion. You know, I'm getting like yeah. <laughs> less immersed into this story than if it was just like a guy who like did the voices. I'm and, so pumped. Yeah. 
you kind of understood, so like, I don't know. I, I expect only so much from one guy, but now it's like a full production, and it just sounds like a really campy full production. <laughs> so That's awesome. It's only five and a half hours again, so, like, maybe that's something you enjoy. You know, go get the audiobook, but, again, it's also only five and a half hours, so it's probably just, like, pamphlet <laughs> size. It's probably not that hard to read, yeah. you know, like, a physical yeah. copy. So I think, personally, it's it's maybe not my favorite. I would probably, in retrospect, read a, read a physical copy, but listening to at least like 20 minutes of it is very entertaining <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah i so. i am 100 percent all in you're on board <laughs> then you will like so on board you will like mistborn secret history the audiobook perfect so we we've been talking for a while let's do let's do one icebreaker let's knock out an icebreaker yeah why not um, sound good so yeah, I, we actually the upcoming episode we're going to be talking all about expansions Mm -hmm. so expansions to board games what we like what we don't like and then give some recommendations leading into that i i I came up with an icebreaker so i know we have uh some user submitted ones but i i want to i'm the one recording so i'm going to say mine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm in charge so (laughs) so i i also did not cut out any of your correct answers from the trivia episode oh i, I know i talked you. about doing that but i didn't do that so. <laughs> <You have to. laughs> I, get, I get credited for everything I, that's because you beat me in like the tiebreaker question so like if you had, if you had like cut out questions prior it would have been suspicious <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so my icebreaker question i guess i guess it's kind of more of a i, I don't know it feels kind of different than our normal icebreaker questions but it's kind of like like it's going to be like a kind of a one word answer, but I want you to kind of like talk through it a little bit. So mm. when, when you have games, it's like board games, like uh, we have fairly large board game collections. Are you more excited about getting a new game? So a new game to learn a new game to put on your shelf or an expansion to a previous game that you already own. Mm. And then why? Mm. So I, I, yeah, so I'm. You're trying to. You're going to start talking I'm about posing. your own answer to the question. <laughs> yes, I want you. I want you to talk about it first, real quick. Yeah. So apart. Yeah. So I, I will say I'm going to lock in the answer of a new game. <laughs> However, okay, it's because it's a skewed. It's a, It's like a. It's like a skewed spectrum, right? Where for like games that I like, it, it's like it's like nice. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to like try something like new. But like for my favorite games. Like I am so excited. Like when Twilight Imperium puts out a new expansion, I am so excited to try it. Yeah, that's that's really fair. And, and see, like what it, you know, like that is some of my top excitement is it just in terms of like to- like just absolute value, right? Like top excitement levels are expansions to my favorite games. But I also buy okay. expansions for just like other games that I own that I'm like, eh, I think this game could be better, and I think that this expansion fixes something, so like I'll go ahead and buy it. But I'm not like typically all that like excited for it. Um, whereas like normally when I get a new game, I'm like, oh, this is exciting, like a new game. I just, you know, I just got <laughs> yeah. Trekking the World. I just got Quacks of Quedlinburg. I, I just got Deception, yes. which I've already played, but like I really want to try it with my family. You know, and so there's like all these, like every time I make a purchase, there's a reason for it. And so that like reason yeah. for it, like generates kind of an average level of excitement, if that makes sense. And that is consistently higher than the average level of excitement for an expansion. Although the average, <laughs> okay. le- or the, like the excitement level for an expansion can get higher by the end of it. Okay. I, I see that. So it's kind of like the expansions are the extremes, mm-hmm. whereas the new board games are the consistent excitements. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, okay. the, 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 I, the consistent high versus, you know, the extremes of high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I, I can see that. 
I can see that. I I definitely when I when I first started collecting, I would buy any and every single expansion that came out. And if I had a choice, I would definitely rather get an expansion to a game that I already know and love. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has shifted to new games. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I do really enjoy getting new games as shown by, like, the 10 on my shelf that I haven't played. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it's gotten to, like, a problem almost, like, where I just keep buying games and I, like, want to play more and I want to play all the new games. And, like, I, I'm at the point where, like, I get more excited for a new game, but I I want to be more excited for expansions. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been kind of, like, thinking about that where... I'm looking at some of these games that, you know, I, I I love. I'm trying to think of some just kind of off the top of my head. But, like, I, I just recently, like, picked up Rails to the North for Great Western Trail, mm-hmm. which, fantastic expansion. But, like, I was more excited for a game that I never played. And so I, I think it kind of ties into one of the buzzwords that goes around the community is the cult of the new. People want to play the new stuff, the new games, mm-hmm. and, like, everyone thinks that they're great fantastic new games can do no wrong but it's like sometimes like grabbing that expansion or replaying that old game is just just hits that sweet spot mm-hmm. and so it is cool how like an expansion can either bring like new ga- new life to a game that you already loved that maybe you haven't been playing as much of you know kind of like re kindled your interest or excitement in it like that's always yeah. that's always really cool yeah yeah it, it, it really can do that and like we'll get into it a little bit more next week but like the different types of expansions i think kind of play into it like mm-hmm. is it just more content is it changing up the gameplay is it there are expansions out there that make a game fully cooperative rather when it what used to be competitive and just so things like that i think all kind of play into it but i i love both of them but Right now, I'm kind of under, I, I want new games where I know my wife definitely wants expansions or if I'm going to buy something, make an expansion to a game that we already have. Yeah, especially if you know going forward that like you're going to be playing more of this game anyway. Maybe it's a game that is just like a go-to for you. Then it's kind of like a safe buy, right? Like you're just upping an experience that you down the road know you're going to have multiple like experiences with. Um, and you're just kind of like enhancing that or something like that. So, but but yeah, so that that is just something that I want. I I've been thinking about with the expansion episode coming up. Mm-hmm. We kind of want to know your thoughts, so we'll throw this in the uh, in the Discord on on Instagram to try and pull. Like, do you do you rather have new games or expansion games, and kind of why? Let mm-hmm. it let us know. So, yep, you can find us on any of the social medias. Uh, the main ones that we will check and probably get back to you. The soonest would be like Instagram and Discord. Mm-hmm. If you reach out to us on Twitter, we check that about once a week. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but really, like if, if you want to talk to us, um, your best shots are Instagram or Twitter. So or, I'm sorry, Instagram or Discord, <laughs> not Twitter. Uh, yeah. But and be and be thinking well, about yeah. um, be thinking about expansions. You know, be thinking about your favorite ones, your favorite ones per genre, or your ones for specific games. Because we'll that's what we'll be hitting on next week. So with a with a yep. special guest actually. So oh, leave that little kernel oh for teasing you to, that too. I, I know, like right? it. Yeah, I leave like that little it, kernel so. for you to think on. <laughs> I wonder who it could be. I wonder. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll have to wait a week to find out. Right. So. <laughs> As always, it's great. I'm I'm really enjoying these fireside episodes. So yeah, me too. Um, looking forward to more of them in the future. But for now, I think we'll call this one a wrap. Yep. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers.